29. While you're finding that, I want to say again, welcome to all of our visitors that are here. First time visitors, let's give them a hand. We're glad you're here. And I want to say and give a very special welcome to her first visit at RSC to Miss Aria. What a beautiful, beautiful little girls back there. And we just love that family. Glad they're here today and so glad to finally get to meet her. And we're just proud of what God's doing. God will give us great blessings, won't he? Matthew 9 and 20 through 22, very familiar this morning. Just uh, something that the Lord laid in my heart, and I I don't think I'll be long. But uh, I want to point out something today because there's something very vital that gets lost in the mix sometimes. Verse 20 says, And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Have you ever wondered if Jesus knows what you're thinking? She said in herself, I'll be whole. And he knew what she was desiring. And so he just turned and confirmed it with his word. Hey, daughter, I heard what you was thinking. Don't get me wrong, that don't mean you get to close up and never speak or never pray. Oh, I'll just ESP the Lord what I need now. But he just, word for word, almost he told her, he said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. And when Jesus, oh, that's it. That's stopping. I'm about to preach you a whole other message. I want to talk to you on this subject for just a moment. One word, whole. I want you to tell your neighbors, ask them a question. Will you be made whole? Now let's pray. Lord, love you so much today. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you for the word and the promise. Thank you for knowing us. And knowing what we need. Thank you, Lord, for this one very special word today. Hold. Let us receive it. Be blessed by it and let our lives be changed forever. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Give him a shout. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. You can be seated this morning. This very short, this story is recorded more than once in the scriptures, but this is probably the shortest version of it. Uh, in one place, uh, it says, it lets us, gives us a little more insight that uh, she had been with this and had searched for ways to get out of it and to fix it, said she had spent everything she had, didn't get better, it just got worse. And so we get a little more background as you read it through the Gospels, but in this particular short narrative of it, the word whole is there three times. First, she said it within herself. Jesus said it out loud, and then it happened. God will supply your need. You're looking at a guy, man, this thing's going crazy. I can't take it. Give me this red mic. There we go. But you're looking at somebody who knows what it's like to be changed by Jesus. You're looking at somebody who knows what it feels like to be made whole. Now, don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean I'm perfect. But what God has done is perfect. You see what I'm saying today? And when I read this story, I want to just share this. It reminds me of something that You need to understand. The Bible says for 12 years, she endured this. That's like, just imagine starting over in first grade. Elementary school, middle school. You remember how fun that was? 
high school. You remember how fun school was? Twelve years. And when you that first day of first grade, you're you're cool because you're still coloring and stuff. <laughs> but then when you get around, you start realizing, hey, this is going to be work. Now in fourth grade, so they got to take tests so they can move on to the next grade, and then take tests so you can make it to middle school, and take tests so you can make it to high school, and. And boy, too much stress. I'm glad I'm out of school. Twelve years she endured this. And it says she did not get better. That she only got worse. It just got worse. Nothing got better. She would take this. She got worse. She would try this. She got worse. She'd spend money on this. It got worse. Nothing she could do could fix what was wrong with her. And what I'm trying to tell you is that there is a time coming for you. There is an event that is headed your way. And no matter how bad things have been, it is no match for the miracle that Jesus is going to do in your life. You have been struggling and enduring, and it seems like everything I try just makes it worse. It's not getting any better. It's draining me. It's draining my resources. And, and I don't know where this woman heard about Jesus. I don't know if she ever saw him before. I don't know anything, but I don't think she ever had a conversation with him. But I know that somewhere, somehow she realized that there is nothing else that I can do to make my life any better. I am not going to be successful in my endeavors. I am out of options. I don't know what to do. And somehow, some way, she finally realized, I need Jesus. Can I tell you something today? That when you get tired of trying every other option, it don't say anybody else told her anything. She said within herself, I need Jesus. Let me tell you, you will know when you need Jesus. You're going to know when there's nothing else I can do. You're going to know when your best friend can't fix it, your spouse can't fix it, your job can't fix it, your bank account don't help it. You're going to know when the only option left is for me to press through, to get through the crowd, to get past what's going on and touch Jesus. Twelve years, then somehow, some way, somewhere, Jesus. And I don't, you know, we go through that through periods of time in our life, and we're struggling. We're doing. We're trying to make life good. We want. We want to be successful. We're you know, trying to have good things and do good things, be popular, whatever you're trying to do. And that's the way I was. I remember, and I, I remember growing up in. My hometown, you know, I go through school. I, I, around town, people knew who I was. It was cool when you're in high school. Everybody knows who you are. They didn't heard about things you do, things, you know, things we thought were cool anyway. You know, you thought it was cool back then, you know, to get arrested or spend a night in jail, get pulled over, drinking, fighting, drugs, whatever. Life of the party, you know, you got it's cool. You're a teenager, man, you bad. He ain't even legal age, man. He just get drink, he can get alcohol for us, he can do it just what happened is I got stuck there. And all the people I went to school with started going off to college. Passing. I tried, so I'm gonna go to college. I went for one year. I stayed drunk almost a whole year. And I came home, and if I was, how's college? It's embarrassing, you know, because now I'm getting close to 20, and all these new little high want to run around with you. And all the ones you used to run around with, they're graduating and being successful, getting engaged, going to get married, doing things, you know. And, and hey, what are you doing this weekend? I guess I'm going to go hang out in Charlotte Plaza. Anybody from Covington might, might remember. That's what we did. The little shopping center beside McDonald's. You know what? It was me and all them people I used to talk about that I said were such losers because they were still in coveting after high school. Let me tell you what happened. Is that, that garbage runs out. 
and you find yourself, it's like trying to put on clothes that are too small for you. It don't fit no more. And I was, I, I wasn't cool anymore. I was mean. Thought I was bad. But I wasn't cool. And nobody thought I was. You know, I was just a means to the end for most of them. Or oh, they'll tell you you're cool because you'll, you'll go to the store and buy them something to drink. Or you'll have the party or you do this or that. I finally found myself where nothing was moving forward. Nobody was patting me on the back anymore. Nobody was calling me to go do things anymore. I had run out. I was headed toward death, hell, and the grave. <laughs> I mean, really. I had nothing else to look for, Brother Paul. Then somehow, some way, somewhere, Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, when I was sitting in that church... All of a sudden, I knew that I didn't need to be cool anymore. That I didn't need to be the life of the party anymore. That I didn't need to have everybody else applauding me anymore. But what I needed was Jesus. I'm talking about I needed him in the worst way. I needed him to wash me from my sin. I needed him to deliver me from addiction. I needed him to fix my life. I needed to be made whole. I'm not preaching nothing deep and nothing that's new for anybody, but what we have forgotten along the way while we're doing good and having churches, that Jesus still delivers, that Jesus still sets free, that Jesus is still making people whole, that when their life is offering no other options, that he is still the answer that works. And you mark my words. You will never outgrow the need for needing Jesus. She said, if I can just be whole. Jesus said, you are whole. And the word confirmed, and she was whole. When Jesus does a work in your life, it's good. You can count on it. I promise you. Because since 1993, this is where I have been. What he did. Hey, you know what? I didn't get the Holy Ghost that night. I got baptized in his name. But my sins were washed away. I was living for God. I felt the love of God. I knew something else was going on. I knew that life was better. I'm telling you that Jesus will deliver you completely. Jesus will make you whole. He will get rid of the issues in your life. He will be what you need. He will fix it, honey. Maybe I'm just testifying a little bit while I share this scripture. But somebody needs to know today, I've been where you are. If you are younger than me, guess what? I've lived that side of the fence. I've lived that life. And I'm telling you today that the only life worth living is living for Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, it'll get you talked about. It might even get you laughed at, but it'll get you into heaven one day. And maybe it's not popular anymore, but it's a lot better than the option. Oh, I ain't pressing through that crowd. People will talk about me. They'll know I'm sick. They already know you're sick. You can't hide it. They already know you're a joke. You can't hide it. They already know you ain't cool. You can't hide it. And it gets to a point to where you will finally have to acknowledge the knocking on the door. And you will have to acknowledge that there is a voice calling to you. Just open up and I will come into you. And I will sup with you. And, and we'll fellowship together. I'll work it out. Even the Lord said, come and let us reason together. Somebody needs to remember today that Jesus is still making people whole. That he is still fixing problems, things that are going on, things that just can't get better. He is still fixing it. And let me tell you something. Jesus, when he does a miracle, he does a miracle. Whether it's physical healing or whether it's spiritual healing. People treat Jesus like Tylenol. I'll just pop the cap and take me a Jesus pill when I start feeling bad. As long as everything's good, why worry? Why bother him? 
He's not just a miracle for a moment. He's a healer. I need him always, every day. But you know what? The things he's delivered me up. You know what? One thing I don't have to ask him to get, get out of my life anymore? Alcohol. Delivered from it. You mean you don't have crave it? Nope. You sure you see them uh, go to the, the convenience store and get you a ginger ale? And you see them tall cans of Bud Lights? You don't want one? No. Don't even think I want one. Delivered. You mean you don't ever want to smoke no more dope? Nope. Don't have no desire. It's not just because it would be unpopular as pastor. <laughs> I don't have no more desire for that. Dude. You can see me up here. Oh. Just turn to Matthew. Not very popular is that. But it's not because that I, I'm fear that y'all would kick me out the door. Jesus got rid of that craving a long time ago. I don't chew tobacco anymore. I don't dip snuff anymore. I don't uh, do any kind of drugs anymore. I don't steal anymore. I don't lie anymore. I don't cheat anymore. I don't. When Jesus does a work, he does a work. And I'm going to tell you something. We live in a generation where people are beginning to believe that uh, Jesus is like, he wears off. But he don't wear off. Believe me, I have come to him time and time and time again, and he's still just as fresh and new as he ever was. He don't wear off. Believe me, I was the, the king of changing what I was doing, changing my style, changing what kind of music I listened to, doing, always trying to fit into the latest, greatest, newest thing. So if this was a fad, I'd be gone. But it ain't a fad. This is life. And what you need to realize today is that you can count on him to make you whole. I'm telling you, you, you can plan it out and you can think it out and you can try to all kind of things that I'm going to get, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be better, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be better. But if you do all that without Jesus, you will always be looking for another answer. But Jesus can fix anything. It ain't just that he heals a disease, but he forgives sin. He breaks chains. He puts people back in their right mind. Jesus knows what he's doing. So she says, I just need to be made whole. The word is sozo in the Greek. Now here's, here's the provision of being made whole. Because Jesus said, you are whole. Let me, ask, well, let me just preface it by this. Do you think that she only wanted to feel better for a day or two? Do you think she just wanted, man, if I could just get a week, a week better, I'd be... No, she wanted it gone. She wanted it dealt with. She wanted it fixed. She wanted to be whole. And so the word there means to save or to deliver, to heal. But it also means to protect and preserve. Jesus didn't just get rid of her affliction, but it provided being made whole provided protection. Because I can promise you, she ain't going to forget what Jesus did. And that will preserve you. Because once you have been lost, once you have been down, once you have been without Him, and you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, once He has delivered you or broke chains from you, oh, you don't forget what Jesus does. That's... That's the hope of the prodigal. That he could be away from the father's house and he could be doing things and be without the inheritance anymore, but he did not forget where it was better. And he said, you know what? I will never find here what I know is there. And he got on the road and he came to himself and he got back to where he knew it was good. Oh, he could have found somebody else to work with. Maybe they would have gave him something a little better than hog, hog work. But he said, I'm not even going to look for anything else because I realize now 
He came to himself. He's talking to himself. It ain't nothing. There ain't nothing. I've been around to where I have wasted it all and ain't found anything like I know is back at home. And he got on the road headed back to the father's house because he knew I don't need more money. I know where that will take me. If you were to talk to him and say, well, hey, what if we just gave you another inheritance? No, because I know what happens when you take the inheritance out of the father's house. So I'm not going back that route. Maybe he had some of them newfangled people come around and say, oh, no, bro, you don't have to go back. You'll be fine just like you are. And he's like, uh-uh, because I've lived there and I've lived here. I know where it's better at. People try to tell me, oh, I got a new revelation. So what you got is a lie. Because I've been there and now I've been here. I know what it's like on both sides of the fence. And I know this is where it's at. She felt it in her spirit. I've got to be made whole. I don't need something for a day or an hour. I need something forever. I need something that will save me, heal me, protect me, and preserve me. Hey, I don't want to just be saved for five or ten years and then miss Jesus. I want to go to heaven one day. So I need something that's going to keep me. I need something that's going to bless me. I need something that's going to keep me walking on the straight and narrow. I need something that will get addiction out of my life. I need something that will take the desire away. The Bible says he's the finisher. Jesus will finish. He does great work. She felt it. He confirmed it. She was whole. He completed the miracle. He didn't do it halfway. When did we stop believing that he can completely save us? They used to sing a song, To the utmost, Jesus saves. That's actually scriptural. Because Hebrews talks about that when it begins to... Reference Jesus and his priesthood and, and uh, how much better he was. Hebrews, the whole theme of that letter is better things and how that now Jesus is bringing in something better. But in Hebrews 7 and 24 and 25, it says, But this man, talking about Jesus, because he continueth ever, or he's everlasting, has an unchangeable priesthood. He's our priest, isn't he? If you were to back up to Hebrews 4 and 15, we would be reminded that for we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. We've got a high priest. He was tempted like we are, but without sin. So we've got a high priest. And so it says his priesthood is unchangeable. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. And if he was making people whole when he walked this earth, he's still making them whole today. Wherefore, he is able. Somebody say he's able. able. You better believe he is. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Jesus is always working on your behalf. And now, but here's what I want you to hear. He said, he is able. The word there means that he is able to save someone entirely, completely, to the uttermost. There's no other possible way they can. In any way you can be saved, he saves you. That is what the word says. That is the way they used to preach it. But that is not the way the world believes it today. But Ephesians 3 and 20 says he's able also. Now unto him that is able to do, exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. You see, he's able to do more than you think. Oh, I, I know that he can do this, but I'll never be. We always make an excuse, leave a loophole, so when we fall, we don't feel bad. It is time that people start believing how powerful Jesus is. And people have got to get back to believing that living for Jesus means you can be set free. He that the Son has made free is free indeed. Not on weekends. 
all the time. If the Son has made you free, did He really make you free? Then you are free indeed. And we have got to stop holding on to our security blankets of, a, of the frailty of our flesh so that we feel like we got a loophole when we make a mistake. Honey, just start trusting Jesus to set you free. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. It doesn't mean that you won't ever fall. But my goodness, quit living and expecting to fall. Stand upright and walk for Jesus. Stand upright and live for Jesus. Get your life right and live for Jesus. Because he still saves to the uttermost. His blood still cleanses from all sin, not just some sin. He can still break any chain. He can still move any mountain. He can still open any door. Or he can still close any door. He can still do anything. Nothing shall be impossible to God. Why is it so easy for us to sing there's wonder-working power in the blood? Oh, the blood of Jesus, the scripture says, washes and cleanses us from all sin. That's all. All sin. In Psalm 10, 103 and 3, it says that the Lord forgives all thine iniquity and heals all thy diseases. Jesus saves to the utmost. In any possible way that you need saving, Jesus is the Savior. Whether it is physical, whether it is emotional, mental, spiritual, I don't care. There is, if, for me to say that he can't help me with my situation is say that he has limited power. But he declared that I have all power in heaven and earth. It's given to me so that when you use my name to pray for deliverance, it can happen. So that you can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. So you can cast out devils in my name. He said, I have given you power over all the power of the enemy. When did the church stop believing that Jesus saves entirely? I think that people missed the attention that they got while they were sick. Oh, when people are sick, people take, you know, oh, man, I take care of you. I'll tell you what, I guarantee you that woman didn't miss a single one of them doctors. I'm sure she didn't miss nobody having to do for her anymore. And I'm sure she didn't walk around limping around. Trying to act like she was still sick. She was whole. And so she started living like she was whole. In the scripture time and time again. Jesus heals Bartimaeus. He was blind. You think he just wanted eyesight for a day? He said, what do you want me to do for you? That I might receive my sight. But you can have it back in a week. I just want to see for a little while. No, no, no. He was tired of being a beggar. He was tired of sitting around with his hand out. He was tired of living that life and sitting in the dust and nothing getting better for him. He was tired of sitting in darkness. And so they brought him to Jesus. He got desperate. He cried out. He got in front of the Lord, and the Lord healed him. And do you think the next day he went back and sat down at that gate with his hand out? He said, man, I've got a new outlook on life. I have been transformed. I have been changed. I have been delivered. I have been made whole. You think that guy at the pool of Bethesda, laying there 38 years, maybe not laying there, but been sick, crippled 38 years. Jesus says, take up your bed and walk. He's healed. He's whole. He's going along his way. You think he was back the next day laying on that bed and said, hey, somebody push me in the water? He's better. You know, he's walking around town. People say, hey, did I see you laying by the pool yesterday? That was yesterday. You know what people need to start doing? You need to start telling people that was yesterday. Hey, didn't I see you? Yeah, you did, but that was yesterday. Hey, didn't I hear about you? Yeah, you did, but that was yesterday. Well, what happened? Me and Jesus had a meeting. 
I come in contact with the one that can fix me. He ain't just give me a band-aid. He didn't just give me a painkiller, but he fixed me. He made me whole. I guess I'll see you next week. No, you won't see me next week. Why not? Because he fixed me completely. I don't need that superficial stuff anymore. I don't need that stuff that's killing me anymore. All I need is Jesus. I have found that pearl of great price. I have found that treasure buried in the field. His name is Jesus. And I'm going to tell you what. Stress, anxiety, depression, whatever it is. Whatever name you can think of. I said it earlier. It falls under his name. I believe in the statement. That we are victors and not victims. I don't believe it has to be made every day. I, I don't agree. Listen to me now. I, I appreciate any help that people can get through programs. But I don't agree with the philosophy of places like AA. Because I don't believe I have to stand up and say... Hey, I'm, I'm an alcoholic. If Jesus delivers me. How'd you get free from it? Jesus delivered me. Then why are you still claiming it? He saves to the uttermost. You know, the best way for you to prove that Jesus did the work in your life is to just go on and live your life. When they see... Lame people in the scripture, you read about them. There's the man that was lame. He's while he's jumping around. It's like, or here's the one that was blind, and now he's seeing they, uh, all these miracles happening. He said, well, I'm not sure if that's him or not, but it looks like him. Could be him, but he, he didn't used to walk. He didn't used to see. Yeah, but he does now because of Jesus. Yeah. And you know what the best testimony I've ever had? As a matter of fact, the, the lady that said it to me sitting right in here, Sister Barbara, one time, years ago. She probably remember this. But we were in Athens. We were all in Athens for some reason. We were eating uh, at Logan's. And we were coming out of Logan's. And we were talking. Just I didn't really know Sister Barbara well then. But uh, she said, asked me something. She said, I didn't know that you had not been in church all your life. She said, I thought you was raised in this. Best compliment I ever got. That every trace of my past was gone. Let me tell you something. You don't have to keep talking about what you escaped from. You don't have to always. It's your testimony. You keep it ready. But you don't have to wear it like a banner and wear it like a backpack and wear it like a badge and and fly it over your head all the time. Just live your life delivered. And then, then, you know what, people will be so shocked when you tell them, oh, yeah, well, you know, five, six years ago, this was going on in my life. What? No way. I would never know that. That's how good Jesus is. Oh, yeah. Last, hey, I'm Bartimaeus. I'm applying for that, that job. I, I want to I work for you. I'll, I'll be a carpenter. Uh, yeah, right. Okay. You got any skill? No, last week I was blind. I'd never know it. You walked in here so nice and good. Yeah, because last week Jesus does good work. I, I, I can see where I'm going. I know where I'm going. Hey, I want to try out for the track team. Yeah, you got any experience? Well, up to last week, I was laying on my bed for 38 years. But I never know it. Well, you come walking in here. Or, hey, what about that man that Peter and John pulled up and followed him in the temple? You know them new converts. Hey. Good to have you. I've been sitting outside the door for years. No, that guy can't move. That's right. Till Jesus. Nobody gets it. I can't believe that's you. That's how good Jesus is. It ought to shock people when you tell them, this is what went on in my past. Because you ought to be so far away from it. Ooh, when he does a work, he does it completely. Don't tie his hands. Don't, 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 don't limit what he can do. Don't be like those at his own hometown. 
Oh, isn't that sad that his own hometown, his own people, hello church, limited him. He couldn't do many mighty works there because he healed a few little things that said, but people so oh the church ought to be ready all the time. This is what he does. When, 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 when did we stop believing that he saves to the utmost? When did we become so coddled and babied that we think, oh, well, you know, just uh, maybe he can do that. Ah. (laughs) He can do it. He can do it. You're looking at a a fellow that right before he got in church, I was drinking every day, every day, Sundays. Yeah. Sunday was drinking day. Every day. Fighting on the weekends, cussing, mean. Yeah. Sorry, filthy, no good, headed for nowhere, Brother Jason. I am telling you what Jesus can do. I am telling you that I, I didn't even say, well, can he do all of that? I just went to him saying, I need it all gone. I remember praying. I know what I said. I don't want to be back. In the world in two weeks. Whatever this is going on right now. I want whatever it takes to make it stay. I want to stay. And you know what? Immediately. It was obvious. Come into work. I left work on Wednesday. One man. I come clocked in on Thursday. A new man. And people's like. What happened to you? Why are you smiling so much? Why are you walking like you want to hug somebody? <laughs> you know them new converts. <laughs> because there was something happened. And let me tell you, when you realize how sick, have, have you ever been so sick, just, just flu, something like that, and so sick that for days you thought, I'm going to die. <laughs> Do you remember when you woke up that morning and you weren't hurting and your fever was broken? You're like, how good it was just to feel good. I never knew how filthy I was till I got washed in that water. But I'm telling you, when I come out of that water, I felt like I floated straight out of the sky. I was like, I don't know what has happened, but it has happened. <laughs> that woman with issue of blood, she said she knew that immediately that issue was gone. And I knew immediately that the weight of sin was gone off my life. I knew I didn't know what I was going to do next. But I knew something had happened. And so I just said, I better stick with where the feeling came from. And I stayed with him. I have made the statement in the past, Brother Mike. I've scratched my head and said, you know, I don't know. I think people are getting a different Holy Ghost than I got. Now, that's a foolish statement because there ain't but one Holy Ghost. But it was just an observation. Because when I came to him, it, it just all went away. He, he, he saved me completely. He didn't say, here, here's a trial run. We'll try this out for a little bit and see how you do. He go, he, he'll go ahead and get rid of all of it. And then he'll leave it up to you to carry the cross and walk it. I realized I wanted to carry the cross and walk it. I wanted to live my life for him. He saved me in every possible way that I could be saved. Emotionally. You know, guys don't like to talk about that. But, yeah, my emotions were a wreck. I didn't know what I was going to do. I had no future. I had nothing. I was a laborer, something, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what you do, that's what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is, that, I mean, I, I was like digging ditches and putting water lines in. Then I started working for a rock band, traveling and hooking up wires and stuff like that. You know, I didn't even get paid by them. I, I did it just so I could be part of the party, trying to hang on to something. But I'm telling you, I knew when I needed Jesus. I knew when I needed something else. I'm trying, I'm bringing it down. I got, to, I got to stop because we got a young lady going to get baptized today. But this is what I know what the Bible says. And there is no argument. This is what the Bible says. I, 
you know, people can say, well, I don't know, scratch their head, and I don't understand it. That's one thing. But you can't argue against God's word. It's forever settled in heaven. In Christ, I am a new creature. That's what he said. Old things are passed away. I am transformed by the renewing of my mind. I am born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. And according to uh, Romans, I am now walking in the newness of life. Old things, old ways, old hurts, old failures are passed away. All things are made new. You think that woman forgot that she was sick for 12 years? Certainly not. But she didn't live like she was sick for 12 years. She had an issue of blood. The word in Matthew for her issue of blood is a hemorrhage. She was bleeding out. You ever heard of somebody say, man, we got things going wrong. We got to stop the bleeding. All the things in my life that were causing me to bleed out, my issues of blood, my issues of life, all stopped when Jesus stepped in. When Jesus steps in, he can save you entirely. He can save you completely. All you've got to do is just believe he can. She said, well, no great hoopla made about what she, she said within herself. If I may but touch his hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. I don't know if she discussed her plans with anybody else. She just knew this is what I got to do. We are complete, the Bible says, in him who is the head of all principality and power. Honey, come on to the music, so I'll stop. One of my favorite stories in the scripture is that the fact that the night that they came and arrested Jesus, that Peter cut a man's ear clean off. Peter cut this man's ear off. Drew his sword. Took his ear off the side of his head. I'm sure it hurt. I'm sure it was bloody. I'm sure this guy was in shock. Everybody around saw it. They knew this man's ears chopped off. All there. Jesus puts the man's ear back on. He didn't just stop the bleeding. He didn't just heal the wound. He put the man's ear back on. He didn't put it too far to the left or the right or upside down. He put it back on like it was supposed to be. He put it back on where there was no evidence that it had ever been gone. There were people who knew, hey, you used to have one ear. Yeah, but then Jesus. I saw your ear on the ground. I heard you scream. Blood flying everywhere. I saw you at your worst. I saw you in your wound. I saw you where you were injured. I saw you where you needed. You know, all them people around there, what nobody could do, what was fixing to happen, except... And Jesus puts this man's ear back on. And if he wants to accuse Peter, well, what's your evidence? It was this ear. I don't see a scar. Can you hear out of it? Yeah. Yeah. Where is the evidence? People need to start walk, stop walking around with their hand over the ear. He's already fixed it. I'm sure he probably woke up in the middle of the night and went, it's still there. Sometimes I wake up and I think, I look at all that God has done in my life, I think, wow. You have dreams that you're still in your past life sometimes or something. You wake up and you're looking around like, oh, I'm so glad that was a dream. And I start thinking, and then I start thanking for what he's done. We need to get rid of covering our ear. We need to start taking up our beds and walking. We need to start rising up and walking. 
We need to come out of the tomb. That man that had a legion of devils. The whole town knew about him. Always crying. No clothes on. Running around in the tombs. Cutting himself. We chain him up. Bind him up. He breaks loose. Can't nothing, we can't, nothing we can do can help. It says when Jesus stepped on the shore. Nobody brought him. He took off running. And fell down. And worshipped him. Because he knew. This is my time. This is where I get fixed. And Jesus cast those devils out of him into a herd of swine. They run off into water and are choked and are gone. And when the town people get back. To come see what's going on. They see this man. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Clothed. And in his right mind. Maybe from a distance they said, well, who's that sitting with Jesus now? Because they used to naked guy. That ain't him. They used to guy cutting himself. That ain't him. They said he's not only is he clothed, but he's in his right mind. Jesus didn't just fix what was wrong on the outside. He fixed what was wrong on the inside. There ain't no inside or outside problem that Jesus cannot fix completely. You know, Jesus could have gave him his robe and said, hey, let's, let's, let's fix this. Before he did, did any of that, he fixed up what was wrong on the inside and it, and it took care of the outside. When we get right on the inside, it'll take care of our actions on the outside. And people will know beyond a shadow of a doubt. Jesus told the man, he said, you can't go with me on this boat, bro. He said, go back to your city and tell, tell all these people what God's done for you. He comes walking into town. Hey, I was going to tell you, you know, when I used to live in the tombs. You used to, no, you ain't the guy who used to live in the tombs. Because he didn't ever have no clothes on. And he was always dragging chains and was cut. Yeah, that was me. Until Jesus. Aren't you glad that you had a Jesus moment? Aren't you glad that Jesus make you whole? Aren't you glad that he can protect and preserve as well as save and cleanse and heal? Jesus will keep you today. Let's stand together. All I can say is this, folks. You got to live like he did it. You have got to live like he did it. Let people see you in your right mind. The mind that Jesus gives you. I wonder if there's anybody in here today. That could answer the question that Jesus asked that man at the water. Will you be made whole? Or maybe now you know in your mind, I need Jesus in the worst way. I invite you to come into this altar this morning and find him. All that would this morning, come find a place and pray. Make me whole, Jesus. Fix me inside, fix me outside. If you need to be baptized in Jesus' name, we've got robes and towels. If you've never been baptized in the name of the Lord, having your sins washed away, you could do that today. If you need deliverance, you need to be set free. Whatever it is you need, Jesus is able to do that today. He can heal you completely. He can fix you completely. Jesus saves to the utmost.
don't see it, you're working Even when I don't feel it, you're working You never stop, you never stop working You never stop, you never stop working Even when I don't see it, you're working Even when I don't feel it, you're working You never stop, you never stop working You never stop, you never stop working Even when I don't see it, you're working Even when I don't feel it, you're working You never stop, you never stop working You never stop, you never stop working Even when I don't see it, you're working Even when I don't feel it, you're working You never stop, you never stop Even when I don't feel it, 
church let's keep our prayers going God's touching people all over this building right now come on if you're standing around could you lift your hands one more time just pray God's blessing on these that are praying ask God to touch them let them have that experience of being made whole today heal their mind heal their heart It's amazing. Sometimes we, we try to measure where we are in God with an actual distance, and it's, you know, it's just impossible. Because the greatest measure of distance when you serve God is decision. If I'm going this way, and I decide to go that way. See how easy that is? I haven't really put any physical distance between me and that. But now the mindset is different. The view is different. The destination is different. And if you can just make it up in your mind. See, that's, I think people get overwhelmed. Well, I've got to. It starts with a decision and then you start taking steps you don't you're not going 
have to be magically transported 500 miles from your old life. You know what you do? You turn around and you make a decision. And then you just start doing your best to walk for God. And I promise you, He makes you whole. He'll preserve you, help your walk, protect you. There's provision in His Word for protection. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, save. His rod and staff, they comfort me. They're there. You know, he knows that somebody's watching over Him. The Lord is my shepherd. So not only does He call you into the fold, but now He's there watching over you. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and His ears are open to their cry. You have 24-hour access that never drops, never gets a weak signal. Always accessible for your help, for your protection, for a blessing in your life. Don't be overwhelmed by thinking, oh, I've got to put so much ground behind me. You know what? You turn around. What if Jesus comes back in the next five minutes? You had enough ground. Five minutes was enough. We don't know the day or the hour. You just start living your life for God. Do your best for Him. And the Lord will take care of the rest of it. Don't put so much pressure on you. Remember, He's going to help you. I can do all things through Him. Quit trying to do it on your own. I can do all things through Him. God's good, isn't He? Anybody believe today that He can save to the utmost? Give Him a hand clap of praise. It doesn't have to be very deep to be true. And I tell you, people can hear hear and teach and preach deep and, and still not know the simple truth that Jesus can save and he can do anything. So get that down, number one. They're getting ready to baptize this young lady today, and she was just refreshed in the Holy Ghost. They said she already had the Holy Ghost, and she was sure praying and speaking in tongues, and God just blessing her. And so she's going to complete that new birth today, being baptized in Jesus' name. If you're wondering about that, I'm not going to teach a whole lesson on baptism today, but I will simply tell you this, that it's what the Scripture says. Jesus said it in John 3, that you must be born of water and the Spirit. He said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Everybody wants to be saved, then you need to do it the way Jesus said to do it. And Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So if you want to know the way the church did it when the church was born, just read the book of Acts. Everywhere that revival happened, they were baptizing people in the name of Jesus and people were being filled with the Holy Ghost. The church hadn't changed. It's still the same. And we need that today. So if you hadn't been baptized today, if you'd like to say, hey, I'd like to get ready for heaven. You can repent of your sins. Head to this back room and put one of these robes on and you can be buried in water today in Jesus' name. And God can fill you with the Holy Ghost. That's all it takes. Praise God. I think they're coming in. If there's some of the friends, the college students want to come up and be here with this young lady, she's getting ready to go down in the water. Some of them just getting the pictures and things. Oh, we're so thrilled with this today. It ought to be warm now. <laughs> I'm glad because it's not cold. We're excited for our new friend. Let's get, uh, came in connection with the field and and now has uh you know made this great connection to our church and so we're excited about it and uh i told her before service tonight that that now she'll have a church family that'll that'll pray with her that'll laugh with her cry with her be what, what she needs be her support system and and uh this is just the start of a great journey uh for uzo and we're we're excited so um
In the name of Jesus, reach down and bless this precious soul. Thank you for what you're doing in her life, God. Lord, we ask you to bless her from this point on. Preserve her, protect her, order her steps in your word, O oh God. Use her for your glory, Lord. Bless her, Jesus, mightily in your name. We're going to praise you for all these things, God. Do it today in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, come on, give the Lord a hand. Don't you know heaven is celebrating today? Hallelujah. 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 Is anybody else coming to get baptized before he gets out of the water? All right. If you need to think about it, you want to talk about it, we'll be here. Well, of course, we'll come back. You can call me anytime. We'll show back up. We'll, we'll baptize you any time of the day or night. But tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, we'll be here for prayer. If you'd like to make a change in your life, be here tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, and we'll pray. We'll baptize you in Jesus' name. Pray for God to fill you with the Holy Ghost and see your life get transformed. Oh, God's good. We sure love you. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. God's good all the time. God bless you. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name.